Your work week is over. The plant called and said if you don't come in tomorrow, don't bother coming in Monday. Woohoo! A four day weekend. This is the last word the off season home of the Colts with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Hey, that's a nice rejoiner right there, but it's not a rejoiner, it's a start. Mate's going crazy, he's got the blues on his mind. This is the last word, 93-5-1075 the fan. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. That is a soul man right there, Matt Taylor. <laughs> and let's start. We got so much NFL draft to go over in Colts talk, but hold on a second, folks. Matt Taylor. Yes. The pride of Southern Indianapolis, right? <laughs> Yes. He has said, yeah, and below, I quote, Washington this happened yesterday that Uh-oh. he admitted oh, no, no, he no, has no. stopped his lawnmower and listened to Wilson Pickett yep. do his thing, yep. close his eyes, look to the heavens, and have a, have a Just moment. Just point to the sky. Have a moment to yourself, and, huh? And I thank Dwayne Allman and Wilson Pickett for I'm that saying. collaboration like, on, on Hey Jude. The voice of the Colts. I have that's, stopped dead in my tracks mowing grass. That's just who listen. he is. Yes. Passion yeah. for the game of football. Passion for the guitar. Oh, and the picking and the grinning. Wilson Pickett. Good for you, man. Down in Music Muscle gets Shoals us going. in the late 60s. How about that? That huh? is Matt Taylor. We're going to have a Nerd 30, alert. 30 for 30 on you coming up. <laughs> hey, also coming up tonight, we're heavy on the draft. Coming yes, up sir. right around the corner, less than two weeks. We're going to talk about the start of this offseason workout program. The guys are back. Why so many mock drafts also? They're predicting the Colts to take. Yep. The bell of the ball, Anthony Richardson. That's all you see. That's all you That's see. That's all there is. Colts taking Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Hey, also, we're going to talk to Bucky Brooks tonight. He's yes. with the NFL Network, and he's a guru on this draft that's coming up. So we're going to pick Bucky Brooks's name a little bit, see what he thinks the Colts should do in round one. But we got we got the, the offseason program working, Mate. Mm-hmm. Okay? A couple of the guys had their uh, – a couple of uh, fellas went over to Country Club of Indianapolis. It's that time of year. After their workouts, oh yeah, the likes of the six or eight guys went over there to learn a little golf swing. That's what kind of year we got. They put in work in the morning. <laughs> they go play golf in the afternoon. Sounds like my schedule. Yeah, did a you go bit. with them? <laughs> <laughs> I actually did. Yeah, I actually was Man, over there. Nothing, with those nothing truer has ever been uttered on this Get radio program. Get your stuff done in the morning. <laughs> Get the hell out there. Split out yeah. in the afternoon. But no, some yeah, of the by the way, players. it's San Diego, Indiana here. I mean, <laughs> I this weather is fantastic. You gotta love it. You no gotta kidding. Love it. All right, listen, we're going to hold the Colts are going to hold a voluntary mini camp April 24th through the 26th and then a mandatory mini camp June 13, 14 and 15 that'll conclude the spring work then I'll have some time off and training camp is yep. almost here. Colts are going to be busy getting back on the field, running routes, going through their protections, doing their footwork. All that stuff is starting outside and Shane Steichen has a big eye over what he has in this locker room. They started the program for phase 1 this week. It consists of the first 2 weeks of the program. Activities are just limited to meetings right now. Not much going on. A little strength and conditioning, like I said, footwork, mm-hmm. physical rehabilitation only. All right. Steichen, who's doing this thing for the first time. We love Coach Steichen around here and his energy and everything that goes. He's changed a bit of this culture already inside the building. Visually, you're look, walking around the hallways. Things are different. They have the touch of Shane Steichen. So, Mate, yes, sir. he spoke to the press first time for a while after his hiring yesterday. 
What'd you take away from that press conference? A guy saying, hey, we've got something started here. Let's keep it rolling. Yeah, the, the biggest thing I took is that he's just not worried about what happened last year. He wasn't here for it. He wasn't a part of the 4-12-1. He wasn't a part of the seven-game losing streak to close out the season. He's all about 2023. He is all about the future and getting a good idea of the roster that he's taking over and inheriting, building the culture, creating an atmosphere that reflects his style and his energy and his personality. So he's a young guy. I mean, you can just see it. He's got a lot of juice. He's got a lot of energy and a lot of passion when he talks in front of a group, when he talks in front of the team. And I mean, that, that first team meeting that he had this week, we all saw it on social media. Um, you know, that, that gives you a lot of excitement. So I think it's just about a fresh start with Shane. He's doing this for the first time as well as a head coach. Um, so everybody's just kind of getting a – a fresh start. I mean, the, the blank slate, if you will. I mean, it doesn't matter that the defense kind of fell off towards the end of last year. doesn't matter what happened on offense last year. All that matters is we're here now, let's go forward, and let's wipe the slate clean and get ready for 2023. A fellow who I've been hearing a lot and seeing a lot around this building in the last week, a fellow we didn't see last year, and that's Shaq Leonard. Yes. The big fellow, the leader, if you will. He's growing into that role. I mean, more so than he has in other years. Coming back up a year, he really didn't see the field. So I do like what I'm hearing from Shaq Leonard this year. Well, he's in there early, staying late, mm-hmm. working with the new players. Mate, we spoke with Zaire Franklin the other day. And, and Zaire's a – I mean, that's a fun cat right there, as it is. What a great story. Seventh rounder, going to be a starter again last year, leading the team and everything. Fired up. And exactly that message that Steichen has given to those players that he did in the team meeting – they're relaying it to us. They're like, hey, we don't give a rip about Minnesota last year. We don't give a rip about Dallas. We go on and we learn. So players like Zaire Franklin, what else are you hearing from the locker room? Yeah, just that. I mean, when the offseason program starts, that's sort of the point of the calendar when you flip your mindset from one season to the next. When you show back up in the spring – It's all about moving forward because you've had the winter months, the doldrums of the bad weather in Indianapolis to reflect and sort of reset and recovery. Now that you're back, the sun is out, the spring uh, temperatures like we talked about are here. It's it's just sort of that line of demarcation. Off-season program starts. It's all about 2023. Let's put 2022 in the rearview mirror. It was kind of like the last opportunity, I thought, for guys like Zaire Franklin and Michael Pittman Jr. and DeForest Buckner, all of the guys that spoke to the media this week. Monday or whenever that was, Wednesday, I think, of this week, it was kind of like their last opportunity to reflect on 2022 and to say how crummy of a season it was and how mad they still are that it happened. Let it heal. It's a part of you. It happened. You have to deal with that, but make sure that it's motivation and that it never happens again and it continues to fuel you for 2023 and beyond because 2022 was, we all know, it was a regrettable season, it was a bad season, reset expectations and move forward because now you have a new era of football. Matt, give me your thoughts on this. DeForest Buckner spoke recently, talked about Stephon Gilmore asking for a trade to get out, have a chance to win a ring somewhere. He's now in Dallas right there. And then the story goes on about DeForest Buckner sitting down with Chris Ballard and saying, hey, stick with me. This is what we got. Don't be asking for trade, stuff like that, which these guys are entitled to, the guys that have been around for a while. Uh, your thoughts on that, on DeForest Buckner saying, hey, you know what? I had a meeting with the general manager, the head coach. I want to be here. This thing is rolling. How important is that for that locker room? I mean, it's huge. I mean, guys like that do not want to hear the word rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's eight years into this thing. I mean, even a guy like Zaire Franklin, who's going into year number six, he doesn't like to hear it too because he's in the prime 
of his career. Shaq Leonard's in the prime of his career. Same thing with Jonathan Taylor, Braden Smith, Ryan Kelly, uh, Quentin Nelson. These are all guys, they want to win now. And, and the NFL, as we all know, it stands for not for long. So nothing's given, nothing's guaranteed. So it, it's hard to kind of define what a rebuild is, but there's no denying the Colts are going through fundamental organizational changes, right, with a new head coach, possibly a new rookie quarterback in the draft. Uh, the media and the outside world might have different expectations for the Colts going into the season, but the guys in the locker room, their mindset's not going to change how they prepare and how they get ready for the season because, like I said, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, the NFL is its so sacred, and you don't know what is in store for you on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis because of injuries and roster turnover and things like that. So they're paid to play football, and they have high expectations for themselves every year no matter what the outside world deems for them going into the year a lot of the experts out there may tell you have the Colts possibly even moving up from the fourth position to grab a quarterback and that name we're hearing about you heard it it's everywhere turn on the radio turn on the internet it's Anthony Richardson <laughs> every out of mock Florida. draft ever everyone has Anthony Richardson coming here and I don't know if that's the case some Macs have us going up to trade with Arizona to you know grab the quarterback that is coveted what do you think the level of interest is with Richardson he was in the building last week maybe is that right or, yeah, he, recently, or he had a visit with recently. the Colts rather yeah yeah I mean I think it's got to be high but here's the thing I think hey, it's Matt really quick I'm sorry to interrupt they're going through this with every of those quarterbacks that's, that's at the top of the saying. list that's every what I'm just quarterback saying. that's at the top of the list may take same thing they're doing with Richardson they're doing with the other guys precisely so I think the Colts are using these final few weeks before the draft to really get to know these players like you said during the private workouts during all these top 30 visits here at the facility I mean, Shane Steichen said this week that you want to find out as much information as possible on all these prospects. That means sitting down with them, calling as many people as you know in contact with them, you know, talk to their college coaches, talk to their high school coaches, talk to their high school teachers, just find out who they are and and what makes them tick and then go back and watch that tape watch it over and over and over you got to turn uh, over every stone do your research until it's decision time um, but there's there's a ton about Richardson to like he's unbelievable in terms of talent and athleticism but you have to battle the off the charts traits versus the small sample size only a one-year starter the average record at Florida, the inconsistencies on tape. You have to, to, to weigh all of that and, and find out what that means and how comfortable you are investing that high in a quarterback that has a lot of incompletions, if you will, on his resume. Mate, what's – I mean, we, we, we just got to go by what we're hearing from these so-called experts out there, and I'm not I'm not, I'm not jabbing at them. Everybody, you know, it's a head-scratcher. We don't know who's going to go up. There's there's surprises every year. But if there is a gap between, like, a Richardson out of Florida and a guy that's had years under his belt starting, like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young in Alabama, what is that gap? I mean, uh, it's, it's probably just the inexperience, right? I mean, again, he only played one year in college – a 6-6 six and six quarterback, the 53% completion percentage. And to me, it's just about, you know, just as, as an observer of the, the pre-draft process and following along with everybody, the perception is just wild. The perception of him, Jeffrey, was at the end of the season, you know, in January, the, the early part of the, the pre-draft process, it was this guy's an athletic 
raw quarterback, but he was kind of like this this distant four out of four in terms of the other top quarterbacks in the draft. But keep an eye on him. He's got a lot of upside. And things started to kind of pick up uh, around combine time and then around his pro day. And it's like, holy cow, did you see Richardson in Indianapolis? Did you see Richardson at his pro day? And all of a sudden, all these mock drafts have him going up to number one overall. Or this is a can't-miss prospect. This is a once-in-a-generation guy. And I just keep thinking in the back of my head, this guy hadn't played a game. Sure. In three months, he hadn't played a game. And all of a sudden, the perception on him is wildly different. So I don't know who's right or who's wrong. All I'm saying is I've just noticed the perception change drastically, and I can't think the last time that really happened with a a quarterback of this that has this much inexperience about him, and everybody seems to be so sure on what he's going to be and what he can translate into in the NFL. That's Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. This is the last word, 93.5, 107.5, the fan. You said chaos at the top of the draft. I got news for you. It's already started. <laughs> well, Carolina went up there yeah, with everything. They true. brought the pantry with them. And they gave everything <laughs> for it. So, I mean, it started already. My question is if, if something happens, a defensive player comes off the board in the first three picks, follow me. In the first three picks, if a defensive player comes off the board, is that chaos where, where you're predicting teams are saying, hey, I'm going up to get it, and that's when the fireworks will start? If, like I said, if it doesn't follow suit and we yeah. got a defensive player, fill in the name of your choice. I'm not going to pick anybody from Alabama or anything like that. I'm just saying, <laughs> if there's a guy, if there's a guy that's going to go you? top three, how you. much chaos will that cause? Yeah, that's what Arizona's uh, rooting for. They, they don't want to see two quarterbacks go. They want to see – the, the Texans, I mean, assuredly the Panthers are picking a quarterback. They want to see the Texans draft a defensive player or a non-quarterback. That way the phone is just ringing off the hook. I mean, we heard this week the report from ESPN, like six teams have inquired with Arizona about trading up. That's going to be fascinating. And then to me, you have to kind of weigh the pros and cons. I mean, if you're the Colts, I mean, there's something to be said about being able to dictate the quarterback market after the first two picks. The con is, I mean, don't give up the picks. Some will say if, if you didn't move up to number one, don't move up to number three, don't give up the picks. Uh, but this is going to be fascinating. Two weeks, man. It, it, it can't get here quick enough because there's so much intrigue about this. And do not miss the first hour of that draft. I don't know whether it starts at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. 8, o'clock. But from eight, 8 to 9 will be fireworks. And also, don't miss the draft. And you can do it with the Colts. Listen up. We're hosting their official draft party, okay? Mm-hmm. Presented by Bud Light at Buffalo Wild Wings locations in Indy, Greenwood, Plainfield, and Westfield. The parties are free and open to fans of all ages. Activities are going to include appearances by Colts legends. Gary Brackett, Marlon Jackson, Blackjack Doyle, and others. The Colts cheerleaders also going to be there. A ton of giveaways as well and other family-friendly opportunities. Bring all the kids. Gather the kids in the neighborhood. Put them in the back of the truck. Bring them out there. Pull them out of school the next day. (laughs) Let them stay up late. This is the fourth overall pick, by golly. (laughs) Let these kids have a chance to see it. Hey, for all the details, head to Colts.com slash draft. The last word are brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Making every moment more with FanDuel. Proud sportsbook partner of your Indianapolis Colts. When we come back, folks, we're going to talk some more NFL draft. We're going to do that with one of the best draft insiders in the business, Bucky Brooks from NFL Network and Fox Sports. We're going to talk about his top quarterbacks, what he thinks the Colts should do at four in the first round, and other draft needs for Indy. This is the last word. 93-5-1075, the fan. We now return to the off-season radio home of the Indianapolis Colts. The last word from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. All right, Matt Taylor. Started out good with music. 
What are we doing now? <laughs> Started this show beautifully. What is he, Ugly Kid Joe? Who we got here? So I was watching a baseball game the other night, pitching change, like in the seventh inning, uh-huh. and they're killing time. Let me the, guess. Let me guess. Yeah. The Reds. Reds, Reds, Braves game, and there's this there's this song in the background, and you know, like you hear a song, you hear the first couple of notes of a yeah. song, and you're instantaneously transported back in time. This is like 1998. I'm like in eighth grade, and all my friends are into like punk rock music, which I could not be further away from. Yeah. But like that's what happened to me. Like I'm in the parking lot of my middle school listening to this song. Really? Yeah. Well, do me a favor and fade that out a little bit because I just had about enough of Ugly Kid Joe screaming. This is the offspring. Like I'm saying. Is that what it is? It's the offspring. Like and this is this is a, a complete, it's an entire genre of music that I was alive for but did not participate in. Well, why not bring it on the show today, Matt Joe? <laughs> Good yeah. job. Let's yeah. go. All right. Hey, we're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every it's, moment It's better more. than Oleander or, like, <laughs> fuel. Come back hard. Hey, we got another rejoinder. Come back better with better that Better than Jimmy Eat World. All right, listen up, folks. The NFL draft less than two weeks away. The first round goes down on Thursday, April 27th. Earlier today, a few hours ago, we chatted with former NFL player and NFL and Fox Sports NFL analyst Bucky Brooks regarding the upcoming draft. Take a listen. Bucky, we got a lot to talk about because a lot of Colts fans obviously want the next quarterback of the future, but the Colts are f- number four overall in this draft. Did they? Do you think they get their guy there? Is their guy still there at number four that says, hey, a top five pick is worth it on this cat? Is he still there in this upcoming draft? You know, a lot of it depends on what happens in front of them at two. Um, uh, we can presume that the first two quarterbacks will be Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And so depending on who goes number one, uh, the Texans have to make a decision at number two. If they bypass one of those two, um, the Colts could be sitting right there with one of the best quarterbacks, and that makes sense. If it's a situation where Stroud and Young are off the board, then I think it becomes a, a trickier situation because I don't believe like Anthony Richardson or Will Levis are worthy of being top five picks based on how they played in college. Mm-hmm. And if you want to stay true to like the board and true to how you grade, particularly like Indianapolis has had great quarterbacks when they've drafted high. You think about Peyton Manning, you think about Andrew Luck. Like, that's the standard for what a top-five quarterback should be. I can't confidently sit here and say that Will Levis and Anthony Richardson can live up to that standard. Right. Bucky, I want to talk about one. I'm going to talk about all these guys eventually, but this one guy, Bryce Young from Alabama, obviously people are talking about the size issue. What are some downsides of his game? Because I don't really see it. He's an electric player. He makes plays happen. Uh, Obviously, the size is a concern, but is there any downside to this kid other than his stature? I mean, the stature is the main thing because you've seen it. In, In the National Football League, when the quarterback gets hit, no matter what the size is, they get hurt. Like, I mean, you just look at the list of injuries, and I want to say 68, 69 different quarterbacks had to start games last season. Um, look, it's a reflection of how physical the game is. And so when you're someone who is a touch under six foot, you weighed in mostly in college at 185, that's super light for the position. And so can you keep him protected? Can he protect himself? Uh, that's the bigger concern. In terms of the game, not the game, it's superb. Uh, he can make every throw that you want to see with touch timing and anticipation. He is a bit of a football survivor when it comes to his ability to process, read, and get to the second and third read within the progression. He does all of those things that you want to see. He's an alpha leader, played at a big-time program, and led them to games and is a gem rat when it comes to consuming and digesting the film. 
He checks off all the boxes. The main thing is the size. Are you okay with an undersized quarterback being your franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. particularly when he doesn't have superpowers like great athleticism or speed to escape some of the uh, – That's Bucky Brooks, NFL Network analyst. NFL Network, by the way, providing live coverage of the 2023 NFL Draft from Kansas City, April 27th through the 29th. And and Bucky, Shane Steichen met with the media earlier this week and said they're still going through their process of evaluating all of these quarterbacks, turning over every stone to get to know these guys and finding out which ones are driven and passionate about football and have those obsessive qualities about them Bucky from what you know about these top quarterbacks in the draft which ones have that leadership quality about them sort of that killer instinct that every team really covets I would say um, the top two have it for sure CJ Stroud Bryce Young in any order Uh, you go back uh, having known those guys since they went high school they've always had it they've always led successful teams they've always uh, found a way to um, kind of thrive with everyone being with them being known and established as being the man. Um, I think Henry Hooker has some of that. Mm-hmm. Henry Hooker wouldn't be in play at four, but Henry Hooker as a bottom of the first, top of the second round pick certainly has that ability. You look at what he was able to do at Tennessee. You look at the, uh, not only the production, but how he performed, how he led that team and kind of helped him get back to prominence. He certainly has that. I think with Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, they're super talented players. I don't know if they have the quote-unquote dog mentality that you kind of want from your quarterback. Both are good. Both can be successful. But I probably have more reservations about those two guys than maybe some of the other analysts around the country. Bucky, I want to go back to Hendon Hooker, if I could, real quick. He's got the size. He's got the stats at Tennessee. He made a mark. I mean, with the touchdowns, the interceptions ratio, et cetera. Why isn't he that guy that's mentioned in the top five, top ten pick of this draft? Well, a couple things. One, he's dealing with the ACL injury. Um, so he tore his ACL at the end of their season. And so it may take him a while to get back. Maybe he's ready by the beginning of the season, but no one knows. And so whenever you have an injury like that, it kind of pushes you to the to the back of the line. Uh, secondly, people have talked about his age. He's 25 years old, but there are four quarterbacks in the draft that are 25 years of age. That's not necessarily a major concern. The last thing that people will point to to kind of pick apart his game is, well, Josh Heifel's system made it very, very easy. He didn't execute full field reads and those things. I would say he can't really help the system that he's in, but when you talk to him, when you talk to coaches who have played him or, or have coached him, they all rave about his intelligence, his instincts, his intangibles. I'm more likely to lean on those things because those things are really the key. When you think about the quarterbacks that play really well, yes, the talent has to be there. But it's the other stuff that really matters. The intangibles really matter in that position. That's Bucky Brooks from the NFL Network. We're talking NFL draft. I want to go to the other side of the ball. I, Will Anderson is there. Everybody's been talking about where he's going to go. Does Arizona you know, take Will Anderson from Alabama? Him aside, Will Anderson aside, there is some defensive prowess in this draft. Who do you like? I mean, there are a lot of, there are a lot of good defensive players. I would say this, though. Um, in his draft class, you're talking about maybe 15 blue-chip players that would be consensus first-round picks like year after year, mm-hmm. traditionally in the draft. Uh, the pass rush class is deep, but it doesn't have like that crown jewel like you have when Julius Peppers came out sure. or Dwight Freeney came out or Miles Garrett. And so what you have to do is make sure that you're matching up the player that you're getting to the scheme that you're playing. So Will Anderson is great, super productive at Alabama. Tyree Wilson is twitchy. He's explosive. He can play inside and outside. He flashes uh, dominant ability. Miles Murphy from Clemson 
is another one who has the athleticism and the first step quickness that you like. Um, motor runs pretty high. You would like to see maybe a little more production, but he's another good one. I mean, and then the list goes on and on. I mean, there are a bunch of guys that can rush the pass and do it. It's just not that that high-end guy that you know when I get him, he's going to be a 10-plus sack guy each and every year. That's Bucky Brooks with us here on The Last Word. Bucky, what are the odds? Just kind of play along with me if you can. I mean, what are the odds the Texans don't, do not take a quarterback with the second pick? And what does that do to the phone lines in Arizona? When the phone starts ringing off the hook as teams possibly look to trade up to number three, what is the likelihood of that scenario playing out, the Texans not getting a gunslinger? Uh, it could be, I would say, maybe a, a touch higher than 50-50. Yeah. Uh, and this is why you, you have to understand uh, where they're coming from. D'Amico Ryans, the offense coordinator, those guys just came from San Francisco. And so if they don't believe that the quarterback's up there, let's say Bryce Young might be rated number one for them. So if Bryce Young goes to the Panthers and they have C.J. Stroud, they may not view C.J. Stroud and Levis and Anthony Richardson in that light. That might lead them to say, hey, let's build our team like – San Francisco was built, meaning let's invest in pass rushes. Let's take a pass rusher at two or maybe take another one at 12 and find a way to find our quarterback in the mid rounds like they found Brock Purdy. Because what happens, everyone is trendy. And so once you see San Francisco have success with Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. everyone is going to be looking for the next Brock Purdy. And so sometimes you can be smarter than the room. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they bypassed the quarterback at two and then it's a, a feeding frenzy for the next quarterback at three where you have to deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Bucky, do you see any mid-round quarterbacks, even after the second, third, fourth, fifth, obviously with Brock Purdy in mind from last year, that could be franchise-type players in the mid-rounds as a quarterback? You know, it's really hard because here's the thing about Brock Purdy, because we kind of anointed him the franchise guy. He's only played seven games. And so he played well during that stretch. And so teams are going to look for what Brock Purdy displayed. And so Brock Purdy was super experienced at Iowa State. He was very productive, um, and he just had, like, great instincts and intangibles and those things. Like, at the mid-round level, uh, I mean, it's a crapshoot. You have Jay Hayner from uh, Fresno State, Mm -hmm. who's a guy who has that ability. Um, You have Dorio Thompson Robinson from UCLA, who has, like, five years worth of stars and has similar production to Brock Purdy. But a lot of times, if you hit on a mid-round quarterback, you're pretty lucky because if you really thought that highly of him, you draft him in the first round. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, like but, Russell Wilson as a you know as a third-round guy coming out, you don't think that he's going to do what he did. Yeah, same thing with Dak Prescott. Yeah. And you know, Bucky, we just spent our entire first segment on the show tonight talking about the book on Anthony Richardson and why he's so hard to kind of put your thumb on. Uh, just generally speaking, Bucky, have you ever seen a prospect be balanced out with the, the skill set versus the lack of experience potentially being taken this high in the draft in the top five, potentially? No, I've never seen it. <laughs> it, is, it, is the, it is the mystery of all mysteries. And uh, sometimes I wonder on our side when we're playing TV and we're looking for stories, and he's a fascinating story if we're not doing him a disservice. Now, we'll see because there are people in the league that like him, but I've never seen anyone with 13 starts, pedestrian numbers, 17 touchdowns, only nine interceptions, uh, like I would say average rushing stats, 600 yards, 
being talked about as a top five pick at quarterback. I've, mm-hmm. I've never heard this. And even though I've heard the comparisons to Cam Newton and Jalen Hurst, I will say this about both of those guys. Cam Newton was the best player in college football. He led a team to a national title. He had 1,500 rushing yards. I think he had 30 and 20 touchdowns and uh, passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. Like he was a, 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 like a one-man show. Anthony Richardson has not been that. And so I just have never seen this. And so if it works out, great. But I suggest that it doesn't work out to the level that people are talking about. Bucky, I want to talk about Will Levis before we let you go out of Kentucky. What do you like about this young man? Uh, Is there a potential that he ends up? I know you've had him on one of your mock drafts falling out of the first round, but, you know, this time of year everybody starts coveting quarterbacks. Do you see him still leaking out of the first round? Uh, I mean, I think he has enough love on the streets to be a first-round pick. Uh, What people are trying to do is they're they're chasing – the Josh Allen goes because mm. Josh Allen was able to overcome some challenges that he had in college in terms of his completion percentage, in terms of how he played with a lackluster supporting cast to become a star quarterback. People are trying to kind of put that on Will Levis because it's similar stature, similar stats, great junior year, subpar senior year. And so they're hoping that it pops. The only thing about Will Levis uh, that I would say he's tough. Uh, I would say that he plays the game kind of with a linebacker mentality, which can be great. The bad thing about that is his decision-making, his his judgment isn't always great at the position, and he doesn't appear to have, like, the same processing quickness that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud have. And so if your offensive coordinator can, I won't say kind of, like, simplify or make the game very, very easy for the quarterback, yes, he has an opportunity to have success. But to think he's going to go, let's say, to Indianapolis and play like Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning did where they controlled everything at the line of scrimmage, I don't think that's going to be a game. Right, right. That's Bucky Brooks from the NFL Network. Don't forget, NFL Network providing live coverage of the 23 NFL Draft from Kansas City, April 27, 28, and 29. Before we let you go, on a personal note, um, what is it like? Because you played five years in the NFL. Can you – just describe mentally for the couch, you know, surfers out there that can't play at the highest level of NFL or pro football in the in the world like you did, of what it's like to actually be a kick returner in the NFL, receiving the ball and wa- walking right into a violent <laughs> car crash or a bar fight. You said, hey, I'm going to do this to stick around in the NFL. But what is that like? Because I see this stuff day in and day out at practice. Nobody's hitting them. But come Sunday, Bucky, I don't know, man. I got to think the kick returners of this league, I know they're smart men. But boy, oh, boy, to put yourself in that position, what is that like? Uh, you obviously aren't wrapped too tight when you do it. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, because when, when I got done and I went to a pro game and I stood on the sideline, I might have been only one or two years removed, and I was like, what in the world? Because the game moves so much faster. Yeah. But a lot of it is you're, you're kind of so um, numb to it that you kind of have this gladiator spirit that you don't think about it. And a lot of it is trust, like kick return in particular. Like you can't really look at all 11 guys that are coming down the field. You kind of spot where the hole is supposed to be, yeah. those yeah. two or three blockers, and you're looking for it. And you just kind of trust that everyone's going to do their job. That's the only way to be successful. You talk to anybody that has played in Indianapolis that was great. That is the only way to attack it. And so it's a lot of trust on the 10 other guys that you're playing with. And 
you just kind of hope that it works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and fear fear cannot come into your mindset, obviously, because then you're you're immediately done if you have any sense of fear coming and you see that ball in the air. Yeah, no, it's a different it's a different thing, and that's why um, you know it's funny um, we're we're kind of at a time where people are talking about putting their kids in one sport and specializing, but a lot of it is when you play multiple sports, like I was a baseball player coming up, like you need all of those skills, how you judge the ball, how you, how you field it, like the spatial awareness, all of that comes from playing multiple sports. And so a lot of the guys that you see do it and do it successfully are guys that have played multiple sports. And so they're able to take some of those skills they've learned in other areas and kind of put them into play. On the you want to hear from the men, Matt, that have played the game and then now talk about the game, and that is Bucky Brooks. Follow him on Twitter, at Bucky Brooks. It's simple, one of the best in the business. Can't wait till this NFL draft comes up, Bucky, and look forward to watching you and your cohorts on the NFL Network. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Mate, I had to go with it. I mean, I just, as I've said, kick returners in the NFL, they're not right in the head. Bucky Brooks just admitted it to me. No, I mean, yeah, talking with Naeem Hines back oh, in the day. Or how about Bill Brooks? Ooh. Bill Brooks was a, was a great punt returner and kickoff but man as well. But the mentality, bro, you got 11 oh, you gotta guys. Screw loose. And, oh, and yeah. again, a car crash is waiting to happen. Okay, you're hoping to not get hurt. A bar fight, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I'm going out for my sixth one of the game now, right, right now. Right, depending on the game. Oh, man. Yeah, you are heavily utilized, right. And – for some of these guys, a lot of these guys, the great ones, all you need is that crease, that yes, little sliver. The little... I like what he said, though. He goes, I didn't look at bodies. I looked at holes. You exactly. Know? Finding yeah. all that peripheral and you're, stuff. And you're playing off behinds. Exactly. You know, all that leverage. And, yeah, you got to shield them one way and then set them up and go the other. It's a different breed to play in the NFL. Trust me, folks. We don't want to do it. If you enjoy the couch, the NFL is not for you is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And, by the way, I love the couch. Yes, you are. You, you know are a huge saying. couch guy. I'm that guy. BTW. So, thanks to Bucky Brooks. Remember, April 27th, the first round of the NFL draft. You can check it out. It's upcoming, and always, as usual, Colts.com has the latest information. Don't forget, you can download the weekly official Colts podcast featuring the latest news, analysis, insight, and interviews regarding your Colts. This week, we discussed the Colts' biggest draft needs outside of quarterback and debated some upcoming sophomore seasons from the 2022 rookie class. And inside the draft return this week with a chat with Ryan Roberts from risingdraft.com. Check that all out right now on Colts.com, the Colts mobile app and the Colts Audio Network anywhere you download your podcast. Last word, we're brought to you by our friends at Meyer. Meyer, the official super center of your Indianapolis Colts and proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. When we come back, folks, we're going to give you the forum credit union question of the week. We're going to discuss the price of having every NFL broadcast at your disposal. Here's a hint. It gets a little pricey. It's, it's up there. It's Not up as there. bad as in years past, Not bad, but, yeah, but it's a little you, salty. It's entertainment. All that's coming up next on The Last Word. The big story included. We're back on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. This is your weekly fix on Colts football. The Last Word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Now, that's a good pull right there. You totally redeem yourself. Everything, nothing goes wrong with the L.O. No, true story. Nothing. I mean, I've come to the conclusion, if if Jeff Lynn is in it, it's up. 
Hey, Vol- but- volume on Max. Literally went to a part three course. I told you this before. It's a great story to retell. Went to a part three course in Studio City, California to play a part three course. And sometimes when you go out solo, they'll hook you up with another group. Yeah. I hooked up with Jeff Lynn one day. Shut up. I swear to God. It's funny, man. It's funny. What year is it's this? It's like, hello, I'm Jeff. I'm like, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. Like, like 98 I, I or know. something or, you know, 2001. Oh, how cool. Somewhere in there. Played, played nine. Very quiet guy. Yeah. Had his name on his bag. So he had somebody in the golf business that was a friend of his. Uh-huh. So he had his name on and his Greg, bag. Yeah. yeah. And a hack, too. Just <laughs> really just couldn't make contact with the ball real well, but enjoyed the sun. So he was playing by himself? No, he's playing with a buddy of his. And okay. I go, hey, guys, they sent me out here. Do you mind? They're like, oh, no, come on in, you know? <laughs> you play a par three in like 42 minutes. You know, it's quick. Yeah, uh, you're right, right, right. But it was just kind of fun. Hey, good pull on the ELO right there. We're the last word. We're brought to you by our friends at FanDuel and Jeff Lynn from ELO. Make every he's moment more. He's a Willberry, more. too, right? Yeah, he is a Willberry. Mm-hmm. Legend right there, guys. Yes, he is. You're getting me my my juice. Yeah, you're going to tear up, I think. I love Jeff. I just transported you back in time. No, but then you talk about Wilburys, and then you talk about George, and George isn't with us anymore. Yeah, yeah, Dylan's getting older. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Lynn, good on you. Here we go. Tom's gone, too. Hey, proud sportsbook partner of your Indianapolis Colts is FanDuel. Make every moment more. We're also brought to you by our friends at Anthem. Colts have teamed up with Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield to recognize school teachers, administrators, nurses, and staff members who go above and beyond for their students, schools, and their communities. Nominate your classroom quarterback today at Colts.com slash classroom quarterbacks. Forum credit union question of the week. We do that with Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. Matey, mm-hmm. Colts could be targeting a quarterback with the fourth overall pick. We've established that. Oh, really? Everyone and their brother <laughs> have also established that. Now listen to this. Yep. This is a fun one. This is over a 10-year period. From 2012 to 2022, 34 quarterbacks were taken in the first round of the draft. I'll say that again. For that 10-year period from 2012 to 22, 34 quarterbacks were taken in the first round of the draft. Only seven of those 34 have been named a multiple Pro Bowls. That's a fun question. So there are seven. I'm looking for seven names out there that have been drafted between 012 and 022. Okay. Go ahead. Multiple Pro Bowlers. Multiple Pro Bowlers. I'll give you a hint. Yeah. One kid very close to home came here at Apollo Alto. Was everything <laughs> when he came here. Did he wear number 12? He did, and he okay. also retired one day. <laughs> Andrew Luck. Yes, he did. Give me six more. Uh, all right, well, I'm going to go with – I'm going to play the hits here. Yep. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Ding, ding, ding. I'm going to go with – not Baker Mayfield. No, sir. Uh, I'll throw in Josh Allen. Josh Allen is indeed there. Yeah, he's got two under his belt. Okay, big name guys that were drafted in the first round. First round. Keep um, about this. And this is a tricky one because he come out of Louisville late in the first round. Lamar Jackson. There you go. He has two under his belt. Uh, how about Kyler Murray? Yeah, he also has two under his belt. So you got Mahomes, you got uh, Josh Allen, you got Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Give me a couple more. Think down in uh, think down in Texas a little bit. Think down in Texas and uh, – Cleveland. Dak Prescott? No, not Dak Prescott. He wasn't a first-round guy, No, was sir. He? He's like a third-rounder. Yeah. But um, think first-rounder goes to the Texans. Uh, Deshaun Watson. There it is, Deshaun okay. Watson. And then the last one I don't think you're going to get. Jared Goff's been to three Pro Bowls. Jared Goff yeah. has been to three Pro Bowls. Yeah. So and the thing the is, list. like people are, people are comparing C.J. Stroud to Jared Goff, mm-hmm. and a lot of people – don't like that. And I think that is actually, I mean, that's that's high praise in my opinion. That is a good NFL comparison. I mean, Jared Goff, we forget, is a very good 
NFL quarterback. He's got three Pro Bowls under his belt. Something's working. Mm-hmm. Hate him, love Play, him, I don't care. Super Bowl. He shows up and plays. That's right. Okay, visit the Forum Credit Union Fan Forum section of Colts.com. You can interact with other fans online, post a topic, participate in various discussions regarding your Colts Forum Credit Union, helping members live their financial dreams. Good pull there, Maytay. Good pull. Big stories going on. It's about money. It ain't the money, Maytay. It's the money. It's the money. Okay. The NFL fans without satellite TV provider can see every out-of-market regular season game this year with the subscription service of NFL Sunday Ticket for the first time ever. For YouTube TV subscribers, you get the NFL Sunday Ticket for 249 per season if you purchase by June the 6th. After that, the rate goes up to 349 per season. If you're a non-YouTube prescriber, subscriber. You do not prescribe to YouTube we don't, TV. I don't prescribe to YouTube TV. You can purchase. What is this? You're not a believer If in you're it. a non-YouTube TV subscriber, you can purchase a package for 349 per season. They're if jacking it up on you. The rate jumps to 449 per season after that. In 2022, the cheapest Sunday a ticket package cost $293.94, but you had to subscribe to DirecTV. This thing's interesting. Any YouTube TV subscribers who sign up now will be getting nice discount compared to last year's price. Mate, is it reasonable? Is it way too much? What are you talking about? Colts fans, NFL fans, in my opinion, if you pay $350 a year to see every NFL game, it's a bargain. It's a bargain, Mate. Think about how many games you can watch over 17 weeks. I mean, it's a bargain in my eyes for entertainment value alone. You go to movies, you're paying 25 bucks a ticket and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but are you watching every game simultaneously, though? Even if you're getting two a week that you're watching, isn't that worth it? Isn't that worth like 17 bucks a day to watch your favorite team play and then pay another 17 bucks to watch Dallas and Philly play? That's what I'm talking about. If you break this thing down. It is literally dollars for each game. You can't watch every one of them. You don't have 17 screens up in your – well, some people do, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you do. But you, can, <laughs> but you can watch it. And I'm saying, again, I know I'm an NFL guy. I'm beating the drum, but it's a bargain compared to other stuff I out mean, there. It You're, is. Mate, a one ticket to go see the Eagles. One ticket. Now, I'm not talking Philadelphia. If you go see the Eagles. Like the band? In concert. <laughs> bro, if you want a good ticket, it's 350 that's nowadays, what I'm saying. Yeah, nowadays I, it is. I'm just saying. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Not everybody can and afford And you're talking that. the entire season, right? The entire right? season. So it's a bargain in my eyes. And I know not everybody can go out and drop three and a half immediately this afternoon right. on the ticket. I get it. But I'm saying over the course of the thing, if you're looking for entertainment value and what people do to entertain themselves and how much they pay for it, this is a bargain. I mean, my question is, how long before every game that you want to watch, regardless of the sport, is on pay-per-view? How much longer before every league, every conference, every entity has a streaming service that costs money? Because I, I really don't think it's far fetched to think about. Wait this. a minute! If you're talking, I like this, and I think you're. I don't, I don't think you're off. Do you think it could go to pre and post game as well? I'm saying that like the NBA has its Maintain, own app. Pay for those things. I'm saying though, the, the guys on TNT and stuff, to listen to Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, listen to those guys. Why wouldn't they charge for that as well, well as you the game? Uh, you could go, yeah, you could go that route. I mean, I'm certainly not paying for that, but I, I'm I'm more interested in the games. What happens to the games? You know, I'm a huge college basketball fan in the sense that I love in when when the NFL season is over and I got some more time on my hands, I love the fact that on Saturday afternoon in January, February, and early March, I can turn on four different channels of ESPN and watch college basketball from noon until midnight every Saturday. Mm -hmm. How much longer before I can't do that anymore? 
Like I have YouTube TV. I pay this subscription for YouTube TV. How much longer before I have to pay for YouTube TV and something else to get college basketball? Really? It's coming, man. Yeah, I think within the next decade, as crazy as it sounds, I think the Super Bowl is going to be a pay-per-view event. Absolutely. I really do. I mean, why not? I mean, the UFC events that are out there right now, they're right. getting $299 bucks sometimes, depending on who it is. And or, the networks, will, the networks will kick and scream, sure. and they, they, will, they won't go down without a fight. There's no doubt about that. But I think the NFL will one day say, forget the ad revenue. We'll just make up all of that money, and, and maybe then some, by just charging people you know, maybe it's 150 bucks per household to watch the Super Bowl. Probably 10 years away, though, with those network deals the way they are set up. Sure. Right now. Probably 10 yeah. years away, but still, I know it's I like fascinating to see how this is all going. Pay per view. But yeah. the question is can, can even a behemoth like the NFL sustain that? Alienate the casual fans that just like to tune in on Sunday because they can, because it's over the air broadcasting. Can they afford to alienate? The masses like that. I don't think so. I really don't. I don't think so. I don't think that 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 the margin of, of profit at that point mm-hmm. and and to, to have it to be sure of yourself that you're going to clear this amount of money. I would agree by, with by you. alienating the middle the, the the middle people that can't put that. Uh, uh-uh. I think the NFL will continue to be greedy. Don't get me wrong, because it's a pri- it's a cash cow. I mean, right. uh, you know, that's it. Maybe greedy is the wrong word. What's but I'm more saying, important like, to you, ratings and uh, a broader audience, or yeah. just money? Uh, think, you know what I mean? I think the NFL knows what they're doing. I think they're going to have a little bit of best of both worlds there. Yeah. Give them what they want, also pay for it. But it's going to say, hey, they're just keeping up with the Joneses. It's Vegas shows included, like I said, the Eagles concerts and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Big money. But, hey, we're going to find out. People are going to pay it. If you build it, they will come, Maytay. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. Follow him on Twitter at Maytay Colts. My name is Gorman. This is The Last Word, brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. We will be back next week. More players are going to be in the building doing their thing, getting ready for this. Shane Steichen molding this football team, and we're going to bring it to you. All the latest information as well, available at Colts.com. Coming up next is ESPN Radio. For Matt Taylor, I'm Gorman. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week.